Father, we thank you that you came this morning in worship, and God, that you're here with us. God, beyond the shadow of a doubt, you see us, you love us, and God, you want to move us forward in this walk that we're on with you. So, Father, this morning we pray that you would touch the hearts of your people. God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would put a hedge of protection around their hearts and around their minds. Satan, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And God, we ask that you would put a barrier around your people, that you would push back the hand of your enemy, and Lord, that you would not allow them to climb over it. And Lord, that people's hearts will be touched this morning, that they'll understand who you are, that they'll understand the truth of your word, and God, knowing that if they latch on to your truth, it'll set them free. So Father, you're the person that does that. Not anybody else, but you're the one who sets free. So Father, we ask now, God, touch my heart, my mind, and my lips. God, just let me disappear and let your word appear to your people. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're starting a new series called Run With Perseverance. And today is part one. And you know, the Bible is full of images that helps us to understand this Christian walk or this Christian life that we're doing. And you'll see a lot of imagery in the Bible that says, you know, we're part of the army of God, we're engaged in battle, we're part of the body of Christ. When I was reading this, I was like, I was thinking of, you know, when they say we're part of the body, it says each member, you know, is, is part of the body. And I was thinking about my wife, and I was like, when my kids were growing up, I think she's a finger because she'd be like, come here. <laughs> so, you know, there's so many pictures uh, you know, he says we're building, we're, we're being built up into Christ-likeness. Christ you know, you see the verses that say, we are the branches and Christ is the vine. We're the salt of the earth and we're the light of the world. And all of these analogies and all of these comparisons are rich and they're useful. But there's this one comparison that I like that says, you know, the Christian life is compared to running a race. Remember last week I said, I want to be that guy. Remember? And, you know, that guy looks fit, and he looks focused, and he looks, he trained. You don't just be like that. You know, you got to you gotta train to be like that. You know, you got all these ads on TV saying, you know, I'll just drink this, and you'll look like that. I don't think so. I tried it. I don't look like that. You know? But this guy trained. He put effort into it. You know, and his eyes are fixed on a goal. They're fixed on the finish line. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a such great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. It says, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Because you see, just like any race, folks, that is being run, there comes a time where you feel like quitting. And if you go back to chapter 11 in Hebrews, you'll see chapter 11 in Hebrews is called the Hall of Faith. Not the Hall of Fame, but the Hall of Faith. And if you read that chapter, you see the champions of the Old Testament, and they're being recognized for their achievements as they follow God by faith. And their success, it didn't bypass that like they didn't just go from a to b they didn't go from being who they were right straight into success there was things that happened in their lives there was hardships so it wasn't bypassed they were they had to do some suffering but they trusted god and they ran the race to the end and the the, the encouraging part of it is that 
Hebrews, it's reminding us that we're not the first to travel this faith road. We're not the first people to walk this way and to do this thing. Others have encountered the hardships of this race, but they've crossed the finish line. And that's the encouraging hope that we have. This can be done. And if you read in uh, chapter 11, it's a long chain of testimonies, really, about what faith can do. Remember, Jesus said, you can say that that mountain be moved. Faith moves the hand of God. You see, we all have a race set before us. And it's ours to run. But we have to understand that we don't run alone. None of us are running alone. You might think that you're alone, but you're not alone. God is with you. Christ is with us, and he strengthens us with the community that's around us. Now, I can't run your race, and you can't run my race, but we can run together, and we can encourage each other. So what does it mean to run with perseverance? So perseverance means this, and I put it up on the screen. It means being persistent despite the difficulties or the delays that we face. You see, the Bible teaches us to, pers to persevere in faith, to trust God to the fulfillment of his promises. And when we face difficulties, because we will face difficulties, I guarantee you, if you're a Christian here, if you gave your life to God, your life might have been going great in the world, but as soon as you give your life to Christ, you realize really, really fast, you've got an enemy. And he starts at you right away. So you're going to need perseverance and you're going to need endurance. We can trust that God understands our situation and we can trust that he sees us in all of our distresses. You see, that's when faith has to kick in. Faith helps us to endure. It keeps our eyes on Jesus and away from everything else that's surrounding us. And endurance, some of your Bibles might say endurance. Some says run with perseverance. Other uh, translations say run with endurance. So endurance also means this, getting through the trial without compromising or wavering. And if you talk to somebody who's had a continued with a strong faith in Christ, a lot of times you find a common theme that in the most difficult of times in their life, they endured. And they did so by relying on God to be with them. They didn't rely on themselves. They didn't rely on what other people said. They didn't, they didn't rely on what maybe they could do in themselves. No, they relied on God. And as, as hard as it might be at times, when you give your life to Jesus and you start out with him, if you keep your eyes on him, he's going to get you to the finish line. You remember Jesus himself. Jesus himself had to run a race, just like we're running a race. And how did he reach the finish line? You know, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It said, for the joy that lay before him. You see, the joy would come on Sunday, but the shame had to be endured on Friday. The Son of God made it through Friday by keeping his eyes on Sunday. And that's, what better example do we need? He ascended back to the Father in heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of God. That's our hope. And our hope is that regardless of the suffering and the trials that we're facing, we can know that resurrection day is coming. That this is just, we're just passing through here. One, the prize is coming if we continue to run our race 
And the author of Hebrews, that's what he wants us to do. That's what he's trying to say here. To do what Jesus did so that we won't grow weary and we won't give up. To keep our eyes on Jesus and to keep our eyes on the prize. In 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 and 25, it says this. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Because everyone who competes goes into strict training. You see, but the Bible tells us that resilience or the capacity to withstand is not a matter of trying harder. A lot of us in our Christian world, we just try harder. We, but it never gets anywhere. No, it's built through training wisely, taking up certain disciplines that help us to grow in grace. That's why we're doing this 100-day challenge. It's the very reason. It's about training wisely and getting stronger. You see, we engage in spiritual disciplines with the intent to follow through. That was part of the very first messages. We, we, we engage so that we have this, this intent. I'm going to follow through with these disciplines. Whatever we're learning here, I'm going to do it. No matter what comes my way, I'm just going to do what God is asking me to do. And we train. So like the pursuit of God by getting familiar with his word, training, prayer, training, learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit, training, walking in his presence, unified under one truth and one God. Training. It's training. And see, we don't do that to win points with God or to earn grace. No, spiritual disciplines... They put us in a place where God's power can transform us. That's why we do that. And Paul calls us into strict training so that we can become the kind of resilient Christ followers that we want to be. You see, spiritual disciplines will help us to grow in grace. And it will build, it builds things. It builds resilience. It builds perseverance. It builds endurance. It builds patience. Because, folks, this Christian walk... This Christian run, shall we say, it is the most significant race that you're ever going to participate in. We have a lot of things going on in our lives, but this race is leading somewhere. So what kind of race do believers run? Who sets the parameters? Is it a race that we, def that we define and, and purpose for ourselves? Well, when we read in Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, Paul was giving this rich imagery of the foot races of ancient Israel. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about how they used to have races in, in, in uh, ancient Israel and in Greece and in the amphitheaters of, of Rome. And it was written to encourage and to challenge believers to persevere in the faith, especially in the midst of trials and persecution. You see, the race that was set before us, it requires faith, it requires stamina, it requires commitment and also discipline in order to live it faithfully. Without those, it's really hard to live a disciplined life. You know, I watch my boy, and he is like, I'm amazed. Because when he was younger, he was really skinny and he was really small. And he used to get bullied at school. And one day he said, I'm going to train. And I'm going to train well. 
Now I don't even see the boy because he, he's just everywhere. He has so many friends. Not that training, but he decided he's going to do something about the things that he was going through. He decided that he was going to put some effort in in order to, you know, to, just to re, refix his mind. Instead of thinking about the things that were happening to him, he started to think about the things that, that could be. You see, the race is set before us. I think that's an important thing to understand. The race is set before us. We didn't select the course. You may not like, you may not like the track, but God is the one who established it in your life. All of our races are different. We're all going the same way. We're all going, you know, we're all looking to God and we're looking for the prize at the end, which is Christ Himself. But what comes into my life, what comes into your life is all different. But God made that course for you because God knows what you need in order to grow, in order to become stronger. You see, this race that we run, we run it for Christ. We stay the course in spite of trials and persecution. And as we run, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, because he's the one that perfects our faith. He's the one, he, he already finished the race. That's our hope. He finished the race. And he's our focus in our lives. And you know, when we keep our eyes focused on Christ, like I said a while ago, we can look away from all other distractions because he's already at the finish line. And that's our hope. And that's our confidence. And the Bible tells us that the race demands that we do away with everything that hinders Everything that's, that hinders sin and whatever else that threatens our relationship with God, we have to push it away. Anything that's going to slow us down, anything that's going to trip us up, has to be cast off. The Apostle Paul says this in Ephesians 4, 22 to 24. He says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Because it's corrupted by lust and it's corrupted, it's corrupted by deception. And instead, he said, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, create it to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And we have to, folks, we have to rid ourselves of the thoughts and the attitudes and the habits. Because what happens is if we don't, it delays us or it prevents our progress. It's what it does. It stands in the way. That's why the Bible says, and, and Jesus says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Anything that's coming into your mind, every lie, everything that doesn't line up with this word, you have to take it captive. Why? Because it clears the path to run. You know, if you're running on a nice track that's completely open, it's so easy. But go run right straight through the southeast, through the woods. It's really hard. You're falling on branches. You're tripping up. And all of those branches represent things that we allow into our lives. And those are the things that God says, take them captive. Clear the road so that you can run. Titus 3, 3-7 says this. And this is Paul speaking. And you know, we look at Paul sometimes and we say, oh, well, again, hero of faith. But he didn't, Paul didn't forget where he was. He didn't, he didn't forget where, what he came from. Here's what he said. He said, once we too were foolish and we were disobedient. We were misled and we became slaves to many lusts and many pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and they were full of envy and we hated each other. 
hard to think that, you know, somebody like Paul, but he, he was there. He knows we were there. But he said, but when God our Savior revealed his kindness and his love, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out his Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. And because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Praise God. You see, Paul remembered where he came from. But when he turned his eyes on Jesus, he obtained confidence to continue running and not to stop. You see, the race that's set out for us, it's not just a daily thing. It's, it's a lifelong thing. It's, it's, it's for your life. I wish I could say it gets better. It's just going to keep going. So we have to have the tools. We have to discipline ourselves. We have to train ourselves up so that we can run this race. We have to commit ourselves to run to the very end. And you see, a daily pursuit of God through prayer, you know, when we're worshiping Him like we did this morning, we do that at home. You don't have to just do that here on Sunday. I do that when I'm home. I, do, I told you, I do that when I'm in the car. I do that all, I do that when I'm in the shower. I don't care if I can sing. I can't sing. It doesn't matter. You know, I think when it goes through the heavenlies, it sounds great. <laughs> when it comes before. I just think, yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> But we can worship and we can read God's word and we can examine our lives for the things that hinder our race because that will help us run. You see, no matter how long the race might be, we have to keep our eyes, again, on Jesus because he's the champion who initiates and he perfects our faith. So let's go through quickly a couple of things here. How do we run this race that is set before us? Because thankfully, we're not running in the dark. You ever try to run in the dark? It doesn't work. I love, you see, God illuminates. God's word illuminates. You know, the, the word of God says, he lights up our path. You know, I remember one time, it was early in the morning. It was like 4 or 5 in the morning. I was going fishing. And anyway, my wife was sleeping. I didn't want to disturb her. And here I am, and I dropped something off my desk, and it landed in the abyss. It was what we call a purse. It was something small that I needed, and it landed in the pitch black in her purse. Oh, my gosh. So I'm going through, and you're making more noise, and you're just trying so she doesn't wake up because you just want to go fishing. <laughs> you know? And I'm looking, and I'm looking. It's like five minutes, ten minutes, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And there's a thought that came to my mind. Why don't you just turn on the light? And I just flicked on the light, and it was right there. You know, and that's what God does. He fixes on the light to our lives, to our hearts, to our path. So point number one here, the race set before us. Let's break it down. Number one, we get our start in the race of life by remembering that we're not alone. You're not alone. The verse starts off with, in Hebrews 12, like we just read a while ago, it starts off with, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, folks, you're not alone. Others have already run this race. All of heaven is your cheerleading squad. You have to remember that. You see, in the ancient days when runners used to dash off in their quest for victory and to receive a crown, 
They would often do so in a large arena filled with spectators. And we do the exact same thing today. Go to a Montreal hockey game. There's not two or three people there. The place is full. It's full of spectators. And that's what it's like for us in our race too. We're not the only ones to take this journey. People have run this race way before us. You saw it. If you read Hebrews 11, you'll see that somebody was running way before you. You'll see that God led them through. God led them to the finish line. And it shows us that our spiritual ancestors, people like Abraham and Noah, and all these people that had such great faith, they answered God's call that was set out on the race before them. And their example gives us encouragement. It's encouraging to go back and say, I'm not the only one that's going through this. I'm not the only one that, that had to you know, go through trials and temptations and, and just hard things. No, these people did it also. And God worked wonderfully when they had faith. But we don't have to look back just into the Old Testament to find the heroes of the faith, folks. We can find them right here today, right here on Sunday morning. Because there's people here that are enduring pain this morning. They're going through trials, but they're persevering. There's people here that have been bound by alcohol and hardcore drugs. But God touched their life. And it made a miracle out of their life. Right here, today, here in these seats. To the testimony of His name. And to the testimony of His goodness and His faithfulness. He says, Christians are not meant to make this journey alone. We're meant to make this journey together. Because we're much stronger when we do so. It's kind of like, you know, we encourage each other. We have stories, folks. The stories that God has placed in your life and he brought you through and he gave you a testimony in your life, it makes you part of that cloud of witnesses. Because you see, I love reading about them here. I really do, what God did. But I love much more what God's doing here. I love what God has taken, when he's taken a life and he's completely changed it and renewed it and cleansed it and washed it and set it on a, a place where it can't slip and it can't fall. And they're living this testimony in our day and age. And it's like, you know, a rookie boxer, you know, when he gets into the ring, he's all gung-ho and he's, he, he wants to fight. But then he gets, the bell rings and he starts getting, you know, somebody's punching back, you know. And he, it's like he sits there after the, after the, the first bell and he, he's sitting on his stool and he's discouraged. And he's, he's not even sure if he wants to continue. But yet, all of a sudden, the heavyweight champion of the world or the former heavyweight champion of the world comes into the ring and, you know, pats him on the back and shakes his hand. And he says, you know, I've been through this and I testify that you can endure and that you can emerge as a victor. There's encouragement there. We can encourage each other by just the testimonies that God has done in our lives. You know, your testimony encourages me to keep running. My testimony hopefully will encourage you to keep running. Because seeing the powerful examples of faithfulness around you can give you the courage you need to go ahead. Now, of course, sometimes there's other problems that can keep us from running our race. Even when people's in our, we have people in our corner or there's people cheering us on. That's why Paul said, you have to throw off the sin that entangles you. You have to throw it off because if we're 
if we keep chugging along on the right path, we can't, if we want to keep chugging along, I guess, we want to keep running this race, we want to keep going forward. We can't do it if we're constantly tripping up. I remember a long time ago, I was watching the Olympics, and this was years ago, and I was watching this lady, and she, it was in these hurdles, you know, where they set up all these hurdles, and you got a mad dash, and you got to jump the hurdles, and the, the best time wins. She knocked over every hurdle. She knocked over every one, and at the end, she just bent down, she had her hands on her legs, and you could tell she was completely just frustrated and angry. But it was only to find out later it was because her mind wasn't set. She allowed other distractions to come in. Her focus wasn't right. She was a great runner, but not when she allowed all the distraction, everything else. That's why we as a Christian, when we're running this race, we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. It's kind of like being that boxer. It's kind of like if I was a boxer and if I went into the ring and the only thing that I have on my mind is, I wonder what's for supper. <laughs> Athletes, when they're running the race and when they're training, they're very, very focused. They're very focused. So Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us. You see, in the sporting events in the ancient world, competitors usually ran in a much more natural way than the athletes do today. I mean, before Teflon and spandex and running shoes and all of that stuff. I should get myself a pair. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Long before all of that, they just ran naturally and they had these kind of these, these robes and, and different things. And, uh, you know, the clothes of the time either had to be tied up, and that's what they're talking about here. You got to throw everything off. Anything that's going to hinder you, and that's what they used to do in the old race. Whatever was going to hinder them, they would either tie up their robe or they would just take it off and run whatever they had on. Because otherwise, if they would run like that, they would get all tangled up and they would just simply fall on their face. And sometimes as a Christian, we want to do that. We want to run with all these things that keep us tangled up. And we run and we fall, we run and we fall. That's not what God has planned for us. See, our Christian race isn't much different. We can't run very well if we're bound up in the snares of sinful living. And there's a lot of things that seem to satisfy for the moment, isn't there? There's a lot of things in this world that are nice and that we just want to, just want to do and have. And, and they seem satisfying in the moment, but they can take our eyes off the prize. And instead, we have to keep our gaze fixated. You got to stay, keep them off of the temporary thrills because it causes, those things are the things that cause us to stop running. Because we're called to a much deeper path. Romans 8.13 says this, says, For if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if, by the, if but by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you are going to live. Because, see, life works best when we follow God's Word. And we obey His commands. He didn't give us those, those commands to trap us, or, but He gave it to us so that we could be free. So that we can run our race with endurance. And when we do so, you see, our true goal comes into view. 
when we start leaving all the other distractions and all we do is focus, we begin to understand why we're running this race and why God wants, to, wants us to run it in a certain way. And that leads us to the, to the last point here. We have to look to Jesus for endurance and strength. So number one, you're not alone. And then going into this one, you have to look to Jesus for endurance and strength. You see, a lot of times we can glance at the crowd of witnesses around us and we can throw off the things that tangle us up also. But our ultimate encouragement is in the prize that awaits us for those who live by faith. Hebrews 12.2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, for who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. So you see, as we run and we keep our eyes on Jesus, you know what happens? God works in us and he works through us. And he clears the path. And he makes us more like his son. And ultimately, he brings us to our long-awaited reward. And Paul said, Paul went through a lot. If you read about Paul's life, he went through a lot. A lot more than any one of us are going to go through. In Philippians 3.14, he says this. I press on towards the goal to win the prize, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So folks, if there's any encouragement that I can give you this morning, it would be this. Run the race that is set before you. But run it with the hope that God wants you to have in Christ. You see, the way to get over yesterday is to have a forward focus. To press on. Paul had a lot of things that happened to him in the past, but he pressed forward. That's why Paul's pursuing as his goal the prize that was promised by God. And you can only notice in that, in that verse that he's not looking, he's looking to the future and he's not looking to the past. Somebody once said this, don't spend too much time looking in the rear view mirror. There's a much bigger piece of glass called the windshield that you should have your focus on because where you're going is a lot bigger than where you've been. You have to keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes, things happened to us in the past. Yes, we have to deal with some of those things in the past, but we can't make it our main focus because God has a plan and God has a goal for my life and he has a goal for your life. And God says all things, all things, not some things, all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. Amen. You see, this race was never about finishing first. It's always been about finishing and the encouragement that your life brings to others as you get up and you run because remember all of our stories won't be the same but God will use your story as you walk and as you get up and as you continue going it'll encourage somebody else and then somebody else will encourage somebody else and then we'll be moving forward as God wants us to I have just a little video I'd like you to, uh, to watch. It's probably one of the most inspiring videos from the Olympics. I believe it was in 92. A lot of you probably already saw it. Young man, British runner named by the name of Derek. 
He was running his race, and he had set a bunch of world records and a bunch of records beforehand. And this was the race of races for him. This was the race that he really wanted. And partway through his race, he pulls a hamstring. And it so inspired me because, not because you're going to see, not because he keeps going. That's an inspiring part that he keeps going. But it's inspiring because you're going to see his father jump onto the track. And as his father jumps onto the track, you'll see the security guards trying to stop him. And he's like, get away from me. That's my son. And we're going to finish this race. And we have a heavenly father. Guys, through the ups and the downs... Through everything, God is always there. And God will put his arm around you and he will bring you to that finish line. Watch this video. I love that story because you see, he didn't finish first, but he finished. He finished. And he got a standing ovation of 65,000 people that he motivated not to give up. Did he think he was going to do that that day? Did he want a pulled handspring? And a lot of us are spiritual lives. We have a lot of things that are pulled. And we don't want to run anymore. Or we want to give up. Or we don't want to get up. But if I can encourage you to understand the story that God has for your life will motivate people. And will, God will do something with your life that you never thought possible. 65,000 people, and he's in 92, and he's still in motivating people today just by that video. What more can God do, the God of all things, what more can he do in mine and your life if we decide just to get up and just to run? You see, God is the one who set this race before you. And he gave all of you all the gear that you need to run it. And he promised to be with you in the good and in the bad. So keep running. Keep looking forward. And as you trust him daily, he's going to light up your path with his word. And he's going to keep you from slipping. And he will see to it that you finish this race if you allow him to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that, God, the greatest race that was ever finished, Lord, it was with three nails and a cross. And God, you enabled us to run free. But God, not only to be able to run free, but Lord, so that you could run with us. Father, I just pray this morning that you would touch your people. God, those that are discouraged, God, that you put a word of hope in them. God, that you have a plan, you have a purpose. And God, that we don't focus on what's going on in our lives. Those are the distractions. But God, we come back to your word, we come back to you, and we begin to say yes to you one more time, God, as we just simply get up off the tarmac, and we start to run again. 
knowing full well, Lord, that there's nothing that's impossible to you. Absolutely nothing. You can do whatever you want to do because you're God. So, Lord, let us be a testimony to your name. God, those that are discouraged, we pray, Lord, that you would encourage. God, those that feel spiritually unfit, Lord, we pray that they would begin to train, and that you would train them up and train their hands, Lord, to war. And again, Lord, we just thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for you, who you are. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are with us. We never need to fear because you are with us. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name.